hello everyone welcome to the sassy southern yankee this is season two which started because of corona (laughs) my name is debbie happy cohen and i am the founder of joybaseliving.com and uh let's see my background is in coaching i've been a coach for about 20 years i have a master's degree in counseling but you can call me coach debbie thank you very much and I have been, I'm being co-hosted in this podcast season by Michelle Stone, who is an artist and an art therapist and an art curator. Uh, we want you to know that you can find all of our episodes. What episode number is this, Michelle? It is number 29. Number 29. You can find all of our podcast episodes at joybaseliving.com. And just click Lioness in the menu, in the top menu, or go to the very bottom of the website into the search bar and type the word Lioness, and you'll find all of our blog posts, which contain each one of these podcasts. And if you type in episode 29, um, you'll be able to see the images. This one's going to have imagery in it because we, uh, we, we decided to post some art here that is really beautiful um and let's see we uh we received a comment yesterday from uh, a lovely woman who said you know she can relate to spacing out because that was the topic yesterday and so um please join our conversation um in the comment area of the blog posts at joy based living so, Michelle, I'm so excited about today's episode. Yeah, today's me too. Today, I know, it's so cool. It's, <laughs> about, it's about cleaning up your inner thoughts for the sake of your inner peace. And what happened was, um, I'm going I'm to tell you, a, I'm going to tell the audience a fake scenario, Michelle, that um, has happened between you and I um, in our conversations and, uh, but we're not going to, we're not going to reveal any particular person's name or anything like that. So we're going to give a fake scenario because I think everybody can relate to this. Absolutely. There was a repeated person that Michelle kept mentioning, um, a teacher of her son's. And this is somebody that I know as well. And every time she would mention this teacher's name, there would be like anger, frustration, resentment. There'd be like feelings around it. And so like, I would feel it in myself and I'm like, what is all like, ew. And, and then, um, you know, one day I said, you know, I, I know that this person has all these icky qualities. And then one day she came, Michelle came around and was like, you know, this person did some really amazing things and for, for my son. And, and it was really like so cool of them. And all of a sudden I started getting a whole other like picture of this person. And I said, I said, you know, and I, and I, and I felt different on the inside. And when I thought about that teacher, when I thought about that person, I felt better on the inside. And I'm like, you know, I said, Michelle, let's make a practice of whoever we talk about, just let's clean up our thoughts about them. And what that looks like is like when person X comes into the conversation or comes into our minds in between our conversations, you know, 
we're cooking dinner, we're riding our bike, you know, the, those thoughts about people float up. Um, how about if we think about this person, whenever they come up, we think the thought happy and well. Mm-hmm. And what the, the metaphor that came to my mind was like, the thoughts between us, let's say between me and Michelle, for example, each thought about a particular topic is like a fiber. And our joint thoughts about this particular person was like a weak fiber between me and Michelle. And when we cleaned it up, it became a strong fiber between us. Right. And so then Michelle, being a curator, has just did an art show, um, a gallery exhibit for fiber art, which I'll let you share about in a moment. I just want the, the audience to know that um, when we came up with the metaphor of fibers and, and the strengthening <coughs> of the fibers, because Michelle and I talk about so many different topics that they're like ropes. And so one weak fiber is not going to hurt our relationship. But why should I walk around feeling icky about a teacher that comes to my mind in the middle of doing something during my day and feel bad about it? And so I also do this in myself individually. Like if I sense somebody, it could be a politician, it could be anybody, it could be anybody. And I do my best to clean up my own thoughts and actually imagine that person feeling happy and well. And sometimes I'll come up with different phrases, but I want to be clear with the audience before I give you the baton, Michelle, because of my awareness of human dysfunction and dysfunctional relationships. And, you know, my, my master's degree is in marriage and family therapy. I used to work with sexually abused. I used to volunteer on a suicide hotline. I'm aware of the darkness that humanity can walk around with. And so I want to make a real clear caveat here that this concept works when you are not in an abusive relationship that is actively abusive. If you are in an actively abusive relationship and you use this idea, this practice, you might be using it to keep yourself in lockdown because you're codependent. So I want you to realize if you're the listener that this works for more benign relationships. If somebody's punching you in the face or being a jerk or being consistently emotionally abusive, I do not recommend this tactic. I recommend this tactic when you have enough distance um, to, to be able to just create your own peace because you're going to feel stronger and better. And one of the reasons this topic is coming up is because as we self-quarantine, our minds will become more active and the things that are like itchy or bothersome or not comfortable, they will rise up in our minds. And so part of what we'll talk a little bit about today is meditation so that you can use your awareness of your own mind to create more peace for yourself as you're in the middle of self-quarantine. Thank you for listening, Michelle. <laughs> that was pretty good. No, that was fantastic. Absolutely. I think you covered a lot of it. Um, I am going to go back to the the fiber exhibit and talk a little bit about that. But but you're so right. Before I go there, I, I want to touch a little bit on 
the teacher, you know, as, as a parent, um, I, I, I have one child and so I know many people have several children. So I'm, because I have just one child, I'm able to focus on like all the different teachers that my child has. And so, you know, build some type of a relationship with them. And so, you know, from he's in high school now. And so uh, the, a lot of the teachers over the years, I've, especially like in elementary school, I was really, really active in, in his elementary school. I was on the PTA and all of that. So I built these great relationships with all these teachers. And then as we moved into middle school, it was, you know, again, involved with, with a lot of what he had going on. And so in high school, you know, kids start to, they move into their teenage years, they start to get a little bit more independent. So I hear the stories and then I'm like, okay. So then, you know, I try to go out and respond. And as, as we all, I'm going to say that I know sometimes text and emails doesn't come across um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to read the intent <clears throat> of people's in, of, of what people say and, and, and try to really understand where they're coming from. But some of the correspondence I've had with this particular person has, um, has been, I'll call it interesting, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and so in, in talking with Debbie about it, it's, it's one of those where you know, as, as, as we're having these conversations, it's like, oh, and then when that, that teacher, you know, did that amazing thing, I was like, wow, look at this. This is pretty cool. You know, that's, and so it was, it's, and and I didn't realize that Debbie's really keen on picking up on these little innuendos and, and the energy and stuff. And so when she said that, I was like, wow, she was able to articulate what I actually felt. And so I thought, you know what, that is really, really cool. And so when she gave me the metaphor, and again, you know, I'm an artist, I'm very visual. And so when she gave me the metaphor of, of the thread, and then just, in, you know, how that, that fiber just really enhances and, and gets much stronger when, when you just send them love. And again, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a very visual person. So when we just sent that person, the love and light, or what, what did you call happy it? Happy and love well. And wellness, happy and well, that we see them happy and well. Um, I was able to, to, to close my eyes and envision that and able to, to send that energy to them. And so it's, and, and it made me feel good inside. And then I just, you know, so, so that's kind of where that's coming from. Um, cleaning up those inner thoughts and so you can for the sake of your own inner peace and so when after we had that conversation I felt a lot better about my mm. thoughts and about and I know that Debbie felt a lot better about her thoughts and just it was just a, it was a lot cleaner a lot more pristine if you will so yeah good stuff it is it's really, really good, stuff. good stuff and and I think this time of quarantine is what's like it's going to bring up stuff for all kinds of people. And, you know, in our world at Toy Based Living, um, each one of us really genuinely holds a belief that love is our super, is a superpower. Mm -hmm. And, and that when we tune into love about any topic, we become bigger than it. 
And then we allow the smallness and the incongruentness of some of the ickier thoughts to find their place. We've talked about this before, to be droplets in an ocean. So like if you put like ink, if you drop ink onto like a white outfit, it's going to show up on the fibers really distinctly. But if you mm-hmm, drop mm-hmm. that same ink into the middle of the ocean, it's not going to even make a dent. Like you're not going to, you're not even going to be able to see it. And so for me, one of the biggest, um, one of the most important practices is finding ways to access the larger sense of love within ourselves and within the entire universe. Like, so, like the like one of our recent modern words is the word hacking. It's like hacking love. <laughs> like, how do you hack the energy of love and why would you want to? Well, you know, it's interesting watching people quarantine. I was kind of ranting to my aunt today because I was like, I've been in self-quarantine for five years, ever since I started joy-based living. And it's like, I'm going kind of slower than everyone else. And I'm just watching and watching and watching. And I'm wanting to have these really rich conversations and people can only take in so much. They can, And they usually want tactics and they want transactions and what they can do to fix this thing right here. And I'm like, but don't you see, you can be all the way over there, but they didn't have enough time for the richness and depth of the conversation and now they do and so we're able to make leaps and bounds now in days Uh in hours and days and weeks in in things that i wouldn't have been able to get them to receive and to create in their lives for probably another one or two years so it's like i feel like the whole world has just joined me in my self-quarantine because people would look at me like i'm funny Cause like, how come I'm not more urgent or eager or, or like jumping up and down and like, like, like rushing more. And I, I refuse. (laughs) I just refuse. And, and I look around and go, don't you see, I think to myself, you're unhappy because you haven't slowed down enough to choose joy. And, And don't you see, you're still not negotiating for joy and you're settling for less because you haven't slowed down enough to see who you really are, but I see who you really are. And I see that greatness in you. And okay, if it takes you another 10 years, I'll just have to keep watching you for another 10 years, but I'd rather get you there quicker. So I've had to learn a tremendous amount of patience because my eagerness is about, come on, don't you see what you can have and be? And they're like, Oh, I'm too busy doing this grunt work. Okay, you keep doing that grunt work. <laughs> and so, so like, like now for, for people to have more time to go, okay, now let's strengthen the fibers of my own thoughts. Let's strengthen the fibers of my thoughts about what's possible for myself and others. Let's strengthen the fibers of thoughts of people who I've had mixed feelings about. And then what's happening is that the core of us at Joy Based Living, who've been doing this for three years, even in the midst of a lot of busyness and stuff, we're now able to unify and join with each other and create more awesomeness, like within all kinds of realms at social media, because we're able to unify our thoughts and our learning process in a way that we never had the time to do before because everybody was so busy in, in the little rat races. Sorry, but that's mm. really like, you know. 
And, and I know of some, some people who are now getting off of psychiatric medication because they're not doing the rat race every day, whether it's school or whether it's work. They're just like, oh, mm-hmm, they're just calmer, mm-hmm. they're happier. You know, one mm-hmm. of my favorite new TikTok videos, which I wasn't even on TikTok before, but now because of our group, I'm getting on TikTok, is like this family doing this dance together. I'm like, that wouldn't have happened at this level a few months ago you had individual teenagers doing things more you know but a whole family all united because they were practicing for three full days in a row sorry but that was unheard of before so the part of Mm -hmm. me that really loved getting a degree in marriage and family therapy is flipping thrilled out when I see families dancing together right now oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen it on Instagram too, and I just, I, I love it too because I'm like, wow, wait. And then I watch it like two or three times, just to like <laughs> get the groove and see the move. Well, that see like their different doesn't moves. Doesn't it feel good to see like families dancing together? Absolutely. Like absolutely, beyond, and the joy on their the faces. Joy on their faces, the joy of being together. It's like I've been dreaming of this world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and it's such a weird. Space to be in to be so excited and happy and 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 also be careful and also wash my hands a lot and also watch what I touch because I don't want to pass anything you know just so it's like within the midst of this like strange way of being in the world there's joy emerging at levels that we didn't have probably since we were in villages I think when we started moving into factories and we started becoming another brick in the wall and school started mm-hmm. becoming that we started losing our sense of being connected with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say that both, both my mom and my stepfather were both factory workers. And so the joy that they, I, I still believe that that's why my mom died. What? Eight months after she retired. Wow. Ret- oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she retired in January and died in August. That happens to yeah. so many people because because their job is their world. Well, and on top of that, I mean, think about what Mario Martinez says about how, um, you know, the culture and how if you don't have, and I'm trying to remember exactly what. If you don't have real meaning in your life and you don't have habits and, and like vocation. Rituals. rituals and things that bring you meaning, things that bring you yeah. joy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that was part of the, like the centenarian um, yes. chapter in his, in his um, mind body code book. Okay. Let me just catch up the group. So uh, Dr. Mario Martinez is a psychoneuroimmunologist. He's a clinical psychologist. He studies human behavior and the human brain according to what makes people healthy. And so he started studying people who were living to age 100 and older. And so those are his studies of, I never never say it right, Michelle. Centenarians. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And so he noticed that they have rituals, but that it wasn't about like the type of scotch they would drink each night and have a sip of. Um, but it was, it, it came with a memory of sitting on, let's say their grandfather's lap and, and just feeling so loved. Mm-hmm. So they would have mm-hmm. rituals, but then they would also have meaning. So they would be like growing a garden and somebody would say, 
well, what are you doing? And, and the guy, the guy would be like, well, I'm, I'm growing this garden. Well, for, for what? It's going to be so beautiful 10 years from now. And you're like, <laughs> um, you're a hundred, but, and then they'll be around like 70 year old people and they'll be like, did you, I don't want to be around all those old people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they, right. they have projects and they have meaning and they, they have a lot of clear boundaries. And so if any audience member wants to like look into healthy centenarians, and look up Mario Martinez. He's done amazing studies. And so what you're saying is that your mom didn't have meaning and uh, like habits and rituals that went beyond her work. So she had no reason to live. Right, right. And and I remember, and even way before we even did the, the JBL, we started it and everything. Um, I remember asking my mom and just kind of understanding that she needed to have something. Mm-hmm. To, to look forward to when she retired and she didn't know she just she 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 just didn't know she was like well I could do this or I could do I'm like but mom what have you always wanted to do and she had never thought about that she had never um she never took ownership of her joy no she didn't she never took Mm-mm. ownership of her soul Mm-mm. and I think that that's that's the demise of human beings who live in factories for too long and schools our modern schools were designed to create factory workers and so it makes me sad because then you're not asking people who do you really want to be and what would you really love you're training them to submit You're, you're training them to conform and then that's what, what you're describing about your mom is exactly what happens. And so you said that your mom and your dad were both factory workers? My mom and my stepfather, my mom worked in a factory where she made motorcycle chain for Borg Warner. For what? For Borg Warner. It's a, the name of the company. Okay. It was, a, it was Borg Warner Morris chain. Okay. And then they split. I don't know, somewhere in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So it was Borg Warner and then it was Morris Chain. Right. So, um, and then my stepfather worked in a salt factory. And mm-hmm. so, um, cause where I'm from in upstate New York, it's at the base of one of the Finger Lakes. And, um, there, we have two salt factories there. And so that they are probably some of the, the largest employment, you know, places in that town. Cause I mean, it's a really small town. It's only like maybe 25,000 at this point. <clears throat> and so my stepfather worked at the salt factory for, from probably the early seventies mm-hmm. until, and he died in 2014. I think he retired Mom retired in 2010, so he retired maybe like 2007, 2008. He retired before she did. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but he, I, I think, you know, he was into cars and, and doing all of that kind of stuff. So he had found his joy, but she, she didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so looking back, circling back to our our topic here, which is cleaning up your inner thoughts for the sake of your inner peace. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's hard to really think about what brings you joy when there's too much clutter, garbage and junk within your thought stream. 
because what mm-hmm. happens is it it's like a they become your thoughts become like a broken record and everything you think is thoughts about your past or thoughts that were thoughts in your past and they're just on repeat about right. how the world works about how you work about how other people are and they're just on repeat and so um one of my favorite meditation teachers is Sadhguru from india so i'm posting a link here where today he did a talk about meditation and he's so like like he's in a position right now he has like 10 million volunteers and i think they just reached like a billion people have just listened watched his youtubes or something like they like hit like a billion on youtube and he's like he's like he says to the audience well don't be celebrating me. I have failed. I have not reached all of you. <laughs> so, so um, he, because he has the attention of so many people right now who are struggling um, with being by themselves and with themselves and who are wanting, mm-hmm. he's getting all the meditation questions. He made a description of meditation in today's talk. That I mean, I've been studying meditation for 30 years, and I actually quit for 10 years uh, after doing it for about four, five, six years because I got tired of fighting with myself. And I'm like, you know what? I know it's not supposed to be this. Right. And I just, I dropped it because I knew it wasn't supposed to feel like that. And then, um, someone introduced me to in fact one of our listeners and readers Willie Mathis thank you very much introduced me to transcendental meditation and after that my meditation was effortless and I never fought with myself again so I am very grateful for that and then I then I learned other meditation techniques as well and and I'm not like a consistent transcendental meditation meditator um but i use all kinds of different techniques lately i've been listening a lot to joe dispenza meditations because he talks about heart coherence and i really like that um but what i'm what i'm trying to get to is that um in this Sadhguru video he talks about how the mind is just it's just a little chatterbox And he talks about like having spending weeks in the jungle and not having another human face and that, that he would be interacting with um, and how the mind dwells on what other people think and what other people are feeling. And, and that he talks about the process of meditation, which I'm not going to try to go into more detail right now, because if you're interested, just go to episode 29 of our, podcast at joybaseliving.com and you can find the video right there um but i want you to have it as a resource and the other thing was i'm so glad i found this before we got on the call michelle um <laughs> this uh, it was a, a an interview a conversation between jerry seinfeld and some guy by the name of whale w-a-l-e and they were talking about um how the mind is just so weird. And Jerry Seinfeld is like, yeah, like when I'm on like my 19th floor apartment, like my mind will tell me, oh, just jump. Oh, just jump. And so they have this like whole conversation and, and whale is like, well, why, why does the mind do that? Why does the mind do that? 
And Jerry's like, he takes out his iPhone and he's like, you know, this is a better computer than our own minds. He's like, if I were to like ask myself why and go to a therapist, that would be like an hour wasted. And so he <laughs> said, so Jerry Seinfeld's quote was, the human brain has bugs in it. The human brain needs an update. And and I really like that because he, it, it shows me what a large arena he lives in, in his own psyche to allow his mind to just be what it is. He accepts it as it is. He's like, yeah, I have that thought every single time I go outside and look over the ledge. <laughs> and and so the level of and I think this that I think that's probably his most his greatest brilliance is his ability to perceive with an extremely high level of acceptance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that acceptance to me makes it makes the mind extremely spacious because it allows every aspect of the self to exist. It allows all thoughts to exist. It allows all feelings to exist. And it, then it allows a person to perceive other people and other things more accurately because mm-hmm. you don't have a bend in it, You're not bent into one way or the other due to trying to hide your own feelings or thoughts from yourself. So yeah. that just showed me a level of self-acceptance that you know, we talk about having a mutual, a mutual admiration society. Like I admire him for that level of self-acceptance. So, yeah. I was just thinking that I think that his level, that level of self-acceptance has also helped him um, as a comedian too, because one of the things that I love about Jerry Seinfeld is his ability to just capture everything, all the normal little nuances Mm -hmm. which totally ties into us cleaning up the inner thoughts you know because he'll he'll tie into like because a lot of people they'll they'll see these and I I know me in particular um they'll you know they'll see the little nuances and they'll witness it and then they keep on moving Mm -hmm. and so if and but he's able to extrapolate that moment Mm -hmm. and turn that into you know, part of his comedic routine. Mm -hmm. And just like you are able to extrapolate those little nuances of, you know, the, the, the clearing the inner thoughts or the articulation of the different moments and the different feelings and the different energies. So, yeah. (laughs) So one of the things that I think (laughs) that like Jerry Seinfeld and like Saku are teaching is that we are not in control of the thoughts and images that appear in our mind mm-hmm. and it, when it, going back circling back to you and I having that conversation about that teacher and having strong threads of fibers between us making up our relationship Michelle mm-hmm. that when I said to you you know whenever we bring up this teacher it's like, it's like a weak thought that is left with me in my mind. I said, and, and I said to you, and I'm saying this out loud because I want any audience member to go, oh, that's how it works. That's what it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And you and I have a foundation that we both want joy and we both want well-being. So there's an agreement underneath me asking you this question where I said to you, would you mind if we both right now 
agree to see this teacher of your son's happy and well. Mm -hmm. And when you said yes, it was like it cleaned up the space between us. Right. And now when you think about that teacher or when I think about that teacher, we're now in a stronger place. Yes. And we're now, not only are we in a stronger place individually, but if that teacher were to come up again going forward, we can collectively send them love and and have good feelings and and happiness toward them. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I think it's a win-win all the way around. It is. It's a win-win all the way around. And so um, I'm excited to be having this conversation with you and I'm excited to be knowing that other people are listening and joining us this way. I think this is our gift is helping to sculpt a new normal for the individuals and groups who want to be living in a new normal. And Mm -hmm. we're taking the baton or the sculpting tools or the magic wand in our hands and saying, hey, this is what we want our world to look like and we're going to live it now right in the middle of corona so then later on don't you dare tell me i can't do it because we did it while in the middle of corona Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and um i i think that it requires a level of willingness commitment determination feist and sassiness as well absolutely it does it really really does yeah here's how I want it to be. Here's how I want it to look. I think this is the time for those of us who've been very introverted and a little bit too quiet for our own good to start coming out and creating and sculpting and defining and shaping the world that we want to live in. But it's going to really require us moving through trauma from the past so that we can go from heck no to heck yes, because you cannot sculpt anything great from the, the standpoint of heck no. You can destroy things from a place of heck no, and you can build basic things from a space of heck no, but you can't create greatness from a space of heck no. Great, greatness is created from heck yes and from love. And mm-hmm. we want to kind of like, I see us like stirring the pot and like magical dust of heck yes and love floating out and, <laughs> and bringing magic into all these homes and all these people's minds and ears and and shifting the way people see themselves and the people that they love and even their pets. And um, I don't know how I just went there, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's okay <laughs> no because the pets are extensions of people too you know i mean yeah. they just they bring in so much joy and everything so yeah 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 <laughs> well you know i i'm thinking about some of the pets i had one of them was a an african gray parrot one mm-hmm. i had and then i had other a couple of other birds and then i had another bird named sunshine who was like a little love bird and then I had a dog, a big, fluffy, great Pyrenees dog. And people asked me, they would come out and just out of the blue want to buy my pets. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yes. Multiple people. Multiple wow. people. I can't tell you. Um, I can't even count how many. And, and, I, and I know why. 
is because I treated each one of these pets like they were, they weren't just animals. Mm. I, 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 I really, I treated them. How do I say this? We don't have, see, this is, this is one of the hardships of not having a religious society. I'm glad we don't live in a religious society because I found it too patriarchal, but it's one of the hard parts of not having a religious society is that it's hard to describe. Like I, I, I acknowledge their souls. Right. And, and I, and I honored their souls and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got them the training that each one of them needed in order to bring out their best selves. And I know, you know, when somebody looks at you Mm -hmm. and you feel, feel that they've really seen you right that that is that is real like that is as real as fire and water it's as real as wind that is that is i think the most life-giving force that humans give to other humans but i think it's a life-giving force that we can also give to our pets we can also Mm -hmm. give it to a a town or a city the town where i live is called mentone and it's on top of lookout mountain and it's the only i think they said it's the only city in america it's the only mountaintop in america that has a river running on top of it Oh, wow. That's cool. It is cool. And, and here's the thing about it. There's like an energy around this area. That's just really like beautiful. And stories have told that when the trail of tears was happening, when the native Americans were being brutally, brutally kicked out of their homes um, and having to leave their homes and move out West. And it was horrible for them. Um, there was a lot of bloodshed, but the story goes that in this particular land, in this particular area, um, the, the medicine people lived up here and I might be using the wrong word exactly there, but the people who would, would pray, would come up here to pray Mm -hmm. and, um, they refused to have any bloodshed in this area. And so they, they left without a fight from here. Oh, wow. And, okay. and you know, the, the, so there's like a, what I guess what I'm saying is that sense that I was sharing about like my pets and, and I think pets are so cool because they don't talk back. And so for, for people to feel their vibe was like beyond words. Right, right. And and that is the same energy. That gift is the same energy that I think we can give anything, including the fruit in your refrigerator, including mm. the water in your glass, including the face that you look at when you look in the mirror, including the soil under your, under the ground. And to me, that is prayer. To me, that is walking, living, breathing prayer. And it's no different than a mother who loves their infant baby. Just because the baby might be at home while they're out at the supermarket, the love hasn't changed. 
Oh no. Uh-uh. Right. And, and so it's a walking, living, breathing prayer. And it's treating what is supposed to be treated as sacred as sacred. And, and so where I'm bringing up like the Jerry Seinfeld stuff and the Sadhguru stuff, it's like, you know, so when the junk comes up, it's kind of like dust in the wind. Like it's just, it's all right. It's just there. And the practice of meditation creates a larger field of being able to be with whatever shows up so that you can be more fully present toward what you really want. Right. And so that you can really focus. I mean, 10 million volunteers, that requires focus. Oh, my goodness. You know, and whatever Jerry Seinfeld has done in his career has required extreme focus. Extreme focus on Mm -hmm. what? On, on the feeling of the person who's on the other side of the camera. Right. Right. Wasn't that a, another episode where he, that I think we talked about, maybe you and I talked about off, but where and someone asked him if he was trying to, he was trying to make, make a- the cameraman laugh, but he was like, no, I'm trying to make the person in the other end of the, and the the other end of the the screen laugh. Yeah, he said, "I don't care about anything else except for uh, for staring right into that camera." Right, right. You know, he's like, "I don't care if anybody else laughs." Just what's on the other side of the camera. So that was that was like th- that's focus. But mm-hmm, you can only absolutely. you can only have that focus when your mind is clean and you really don't care anymore what other people think, but you do care about the impact that you're having. And so it's like this paradoxical, I do care about what everyone thinks. I don't care about what everyone thinks. It's like, it's like, you know, you need feedback in order to know that you are making a difference. And so listeners and audience members who are so awesomely here with us, your feedback is so hugely appreciated. And, um, you know, some people like see feedback as like oxygen, I don't see it as oxygen, but I see it as every time you leave a comment or feedback, um, you're making us more of a community. Right. You are helping us to create wider ripples to share these messages and you're helping shape our future conversations according to what is on your minds and in your hearts. And so we thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we honor you for that too. We just, I, I, I'd like to say that you and I are both, um, have a, have buku gratitude for those who, because, you know, it takes courage to, to comment and be authentic on our page and so you know yeah Uh, yeah it's awesome so we're sending you bukus of thanks and fibers of good thoughts and so why Mm -hmm. why don't we like um look at look at what we're talking about and see if we can come up with a question michelle for our audience um so so what we're talking about today is cleaning up your inner thoughts for the sake of your inner peace um what what question could we ask that we would like people to comment because yesterday we asked um, do you ever space out? And and someone was like, yes, I do. So, <laughs> and so, that so was really cool. what can we do here? What about um, what measures or what things do you do for the sake of your inner peace? What things do you do for the sake of your inner peace? 
I How does that sound? That. Okay. That is awesome. What things Yay. do you do for the sake of your inner peace? So please post your answer either in the comment section of the blog post for episode number 29, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash sassy shorts. And you can actually audio post, you can post an audio of your answer and, um, you would be leaving us a voicemail and we would actually be able to publish it right up here into a blog post, into a podcast mm. if you wanted us to do that. Um, that would be fun. So let's see. Uh, is there anything else on your mind, Michelle? I think that we just, this was awesome. Is there anything else? Do you feel complete or is there anything more? I know I feel complete. I think that we've covered everything. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my notes and yeah, we've we've covered it all. So, yeah, just uh, go ahead and, and post some comments below, and we look forward to hearing from you between now and tomorrow. Yes? <laughs> I don't know. You're better at this kind of stuff than I <laughs> You do this part. <laughs> My name is Debbie Happy Cohen, and you are listening to a podcast called The Sassy Southern Yankee. I am the founder of Joy Based Living. You can find notes for this episode at joybasedliving.com. And this is episode 29. If you just type that into the search bar at the bottom of the website, you'll get there. And I am being co-hosted by the awesome, gracious, wonderful Michelle Stone, who lets me talk up a storm and um, <laughs> co-authors magic with me in so many wonderful ways. I am so appreciative of you, Michelle. Um, if you wanted to see her YouTube page, just go to our blog post episode 29 and scroll to her bio at the bottom of the page and click the link there and, and you'll see that it's a it's yeah she's got a youtube page with with uh, art mandalas and art therapy and stuff like that which is really cool so without any further ado we will say good night to you all all right good evening have a good yeah have a good night have a